Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Welcome to episode 131 of the Property Magicians Podcast. Today, I am flying solo. My name is Vangile Makokwa. I am the other half of the Property Magicians podcast. My co-host, Dr. Miranda Mulotto, is not with me today, but um, I am here and I'm with our guest, Kumo Nawa. Now, before I jump in and tell you about Kumo and um, do a short little intro on today's episode, I want to introduce myself. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, double their income, and live their best lives. You can find me on Wealthy Money on Twitter and uh, Vangile Makwakwa on Instagram and also Wealthy Money on Facebook. So today our guest is Kumonawa. She is from Botswana. She is, um, she started off in the banking sector and her story is absolutely incredible. She runs a Facebook, um, a Facebook page called Money Managers. And on that Facebook page, she shares her journey on how you can go, how you can use your salary to create financial freedom. So on this podcast, she takes us on this incredible journey on how she in 2017 she woke up one day and she was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm done with my job. I want to do something else. And she left. She left the workplace, the corporate place without any plan and without knowing what she was going to do. And before long, she was she owed the bank a mortgage. She her business wasn't able to cover enough of her expenses. Her side hustle wasn't able to cover enough of her expenses. So then she ended up having to go to court and uh, having a settlement agreement with um, the financial institutions. But that was kind of a wake up call for her because it helped her realize that, wait, she needs to go back into the corporate place. But now she needs to go back with an idea of what it is that she wanted and with a with a plan for her life and financial freedom. And that's what she's been doing now. She's been using her a salary to create financial freedom. She started this incredible uh, Facebook page uh, and uh, which she refers to as her blog, right? And also her YouTube channel. And she is started, she's teaching people how to use their salaries to get to financial freedom. And on, on this particular podcast, she shares with us how she paid off 340,000 bula in debt in 17 months and how she then used her salary to build um, student accommodation in Botswana and is now building blocks of studio apartments for working people to be able to um, make rental income and to start creating financial freedom. So without further ado, 
I give you guys Kumar. Welcome to the show, Kumar. How are you? Thank you very much, Vangila, for having me. I'm feeling very fantastic and honored to be on your podcast today. We are also so honored to have you on this podcast. So I just wanted to ask you before we even jump into anything to please tell us who you are as a soul and then tell us what you do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> actually, my name is Kumoitile Kabonawa. It's quite a very long name, but you can mm. call me Kumonawa just to keep it very simple. Who am I? I am this spiritual being on a journey of building wealth. If I may sum it in terms of career, I have been with the banking sector for over 12 years, but I've decided that, you know what, I want to build wealth for myself and for my family. So I've looked into what I can do and real estate was more of an appealing option for me. And currently I am also a financial educator because I've said to myself that, you know, as I go on a journey of building wealth, I think for me to really, for it to really stick with me and for, uh, for me to be really able to achieve, I also need to bring other people also educate, share whatever that I'm doing so that other people can take, they can see through the information and take what can learn in their own individual lives and apply it. So currently I'm a blogger, I'm a financial blogger. I do have a very active uh, blog. It's called Money Managers. I'm also, I've just recently also started uh, YouTubing, so just creating video content. And what else? I'm a mother of three boys, 12, 8, and 7. Um, I live in Botswana. I live in the northern part of Botswana. It's mm -hmm. called Mau. If you've been to Botswana, it's in the Okavango Delta. So it's, Mau is really the capital, the tourism town of Botswana. Oh, wow. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, that's where the deltas are, the Okavango Delta. <laughs> Oh, wow. So you live in quite a beautiful part of the country. And yes, that's so true. Very beautiful part of the country. I'm surrounded by the Delta. I can see the wild animal. I can get into the Delta, do some scenic flights. Oh. All those activities. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Please tell me you do that often on weekends. Because I find I that like... When we live in places like that, right, like we often don't um, explore those places because they're always just there, you know? Yeah. So sometimes it can be a catch-22. Like we live in gorgeous places often and then we're like, oh, I see this every day. <laughs> That's all right. You know, we don't explore it. We become like, okay, this is just part of the day-to-day -day life and why bother? But I think in 2019, I really started exploring, like getting into the deltas. And also my job allowed me to do that because I was a banker working as a relationship manager, looking after the tourism sector. So every time we did some funding, we had to go into the delta to see where actually we're putting the money, what they're doing with the money. So it allowed me to really explore the delta and get in depth and see what is there and see what the tourists are coming to see in my own country. Hmm. Oh my gosh. I love this. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Cool. <laughs> Definitely. It is on my list. You know, I feel like yeah. what part of the world is not on my list though, when I'm honest, so, <laughs> but this really is on my list. Um, Kumar, 
You talked about building wealth. When did you realize that having a career, when your career, because this is just for my own interest as well, and I think it will help some people on the podcast. As As you went into banking, when your career, did you start to realize that your career was not the thing that was going to help you build wealth. What happened to spark that realization? Okay, for me, I've sort of like always been this individual who always had a plan. I remember I graduated with my finance degree in 2009. And I remember when I graduated, I told myself that, you know what, I am getting into the corporate world to gain experience. And I want to be out by 35. When I'm 35 years old, I want to be out of the corporate world. So for me, real estate, really, it was sparked by my encounter with Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 2008. I went to an attachment with a certain asset management company, and the gentleman who was who I was attached to referred, recommended this book. I read it, and then I said, you know what? I want to do what he's doing. I want to do financial education, and I also want to invest in real estate. But you know, as you start working you kind of like forget your dreams. So I will, I forgot about my dreams, literally. <laughs> I got there, I started making money and sort of like the dream was like forgotten. Yeah. Until, yeah, until in, I think it was about 2016. That's when I was like, really, this is not who I am. This is not really what I wanted. I wasn't really looking to build a corporate career. I just wanted to use it as a stepping stone. But here I am, I find myself in this situation and then it it brought a lot of feelings and I wasn't feeling fulfilled I was kind of like drifting into depression so that really sparked some thinking and I was like really I think I've drifted from the plan what I actually wanted and I find myself here how do I get out so in there I was caught in a lot of things I ended up leaving my job prematurely. I think it was in 2017. Yeah, yeah. I left my job oh. to go and say, because I was just feeling not satisfied. However, before I did that, when I started working in 2011, mm. I acquired my first property, but it was for residential purposes. So for yeah. me, it was like, okay, I'm in Kaborone because Kaborone being our capital city. So that's where pretty much where we start more, especially if we are looking to build a career into the finance field. So I bought my first property in 2011, somewhere there. Mm-hmm. It was a two-beds house. I was, it was a subdivision. I bought this plot. It was just a small plot, 6,600 uh, square meters with a small two-beds. So when I started because of this book, and then I said, you know what? I want to try, maybe if I can duplicate, build another structure like this one, occupy one, rent out the other one. This is what I want to do. But however, like I said, I got caught up with lifestyle, trying to keep up with this. I sort of like forgot about that. I don't know what happened. I (laughs) forgot about the entire plan. And I found myself in a situation where... I'm abandoning this plan of building identical structures and renting. Now I want to build a big house because I'm mm. in a city and everybody's talking about a big house. So I need a big, <laughs> a big house. So I found myself, I'm working in a bank. I've got access to loans. I got a loan. It was 500,000 building loan. I'm now building. Wow. A three, yeah. I'm now building a three bed house to live in, not for renter. So fast forward. 
2017. So wait a minute. Um, in 2011, you had a two-bedroom house, but then hmm. you got a five. When did you get the 500,000 loan? It was the same year, 20, early, yeah. 20, early 2011, I got this property with two beds. And then towards mm -hmm. the end of the year, I get the building loan, 500000 to build a three-beds house in the same property, in the same Oh, property. so you didn't take down the two-bedroom structure? No, I didn't take it down. It was still there because I had ample space oh. like, for me to build whatever I wanted to build. Yeah. Oh, that is really nice. <laughs> so you ended up with two units basically on the same piece of land. Yes, I ended up with two units on the same piece of land. But the big house, the three beds, it was for my occupancy. Now I had one tenant living at the back house and it wasn't really like even enough rental for me to cover the entire debt. So mm. I, think I had to take money out of my pocket to save this debt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is amazing, though, that you <laughs> had that foresight, right? Mm. So um, then in 2017, you wake up, walk us through that process. I'm always very, very fascinated. I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast before, but I've never really had a proper job in my entire adult life. Yeah. So whenever I hear people's job stories, I'm like, wow, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been following. I've been following your work. I've been following your page. I, I do follow you. I do receive your your emails. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't like. So I don't. I just. So I. I really am just fascinated by this concept. So, did you just wake up, or did you plan? I mean, I know you said you left prematurely, but did you just like decide one day that's it? I'm done. Or did you go, okay, I'm leaving. These are the things that I need to get sorted. I'm giving myself three months and then I'm out. Or did you just wake up and hand in your resignation? <laughs> it was because of the emotions, what I was going through, not being fulfilled. You know, when you're working in the corporate world, you're so much pursuing deals for the company and you are closing these deals. Everybody else is celebrating and you are just like there. It's like nothing. You're not touched. It's like, it's like nothing is happening around you. So one day I decided to wake up and I was, I was like, ah, I'm done. This is enough. This is no. not me. This is not what I want. This is why I'm saying that I, I left my job prematurely because if I planned, then I would have known that I wasn't ready to leave my job. Because when I left my job, I've always been this individual who would really, um, I was into side hustling. So I never depended on a single stream of income. So I had a maternity mm. clothing label that I was running at the time, but it was just starting off, right? It wasn't um, generating enough income to sustain me to even come Cover the debt that I had at the time. So, but I just upped and leaped and left the bank, and everybody was like, Where are you going? And I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just leaving. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So then what happened? So did you, I'm guessing from the sounds of this, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like you had a plan because I, I think often in these pivotal life moments, I love, I always say like, I love these kinds of life moments because the moments when I think to be fair, like I feel like I've been going through something like this the last few months where it's like, it doesn't feel beautiful as it's happening, but you know that something is trying to be birthed 
And you yeah. just have to like wait, wait and see what life is trying to bring forth. So yeah. what was your next, how did you go from, this is where I'm at. I think my next step is going to be this property thing that maybe I want to do this on a real scale now. Like I want to do this for real, real. How did you get to that point? Okay, let me tell you what happened. A lot of things happened when I left my job <laughs> because I didn't plan. So 2018, yes, I had this property, the three beds, the two beds, but I wasn't getting enough rental to save the debt. So I went through yeah. a lot of financial difficulties. What I was generating from the business plus this rental, it wasn't adequate to cover the debt mm-hmm. and also to maintain my lifestyle. And I mean, it, it was so difficult. I went through, I exhausted all my savings and then I bought it. Mm. It, it went to a point where I could not pay my debt. And I ended up in court, like facing foreclosure. Oh, <laughs> no way. Are you serious? I'm telling you, like right now, when I talk about it, I laugh because I really like who I became throughout the process. It was difficult, yeah. going through financial difficulties and 28 I was struggling and I'm going through these financial difficulties. I'm feeling so alone. I cannot even tell my family. I cannot even tell my mom because I'm fearing that the moment I tell them, they're going to judge me. They're going to say, but we thought you had everything figured out. We thought you have the finance qualification. So you knew what you were doing. So I really feared that. And I was there alone, uh, struggling with these things alone. Fortunately for me, having worked in the bank so i knew the process i knew that this is a lengthy process we're gonna have to go to court and then you're gonna have to it's a lengthy process so it helped me to buy time to do few things but really i didn't generate enough income for me to come to a point where i was like okay but then I tried to negotiate a settlement agreement with the bank to say that, you know, currently this is how much I'm generating. Can you please be kind enough to accept this while I'm working on a plan? So they did not take that. This is why we, we ended wow. up going to court. But when we got in court, I was granted that settlement agreement. So it was in 2019 February. And on this time, it was the 24th of February. I remember the date vividly. <laughs> so... When I walked out of that court, having been granted the settlement agreement, that's when it hit that, you know what, Kumo, you you haven't really planned. Everything was just premature. You need to go back to the drawing board and sort of like try, try to come up with a plan of how you are going to get yourself out of this financial mess. Because now it was a financial mess because I've accumulated arrears, I've accumulated legal fees, and all these things were looking at me to, to pay them. There was no way I was just going to bury my head and think that yo, it will disappear. I needed money to solve my money problems. That's when I decided mm-hmm. that, you know what, I didn't do anything. When I left my job, I made sure that, you know, I left properly. I was in peace with everybody else. So I went and I said, you know, maybe it's time for me to rejoin the corporate world. And I started applying for jobs. And fortunately, I had relationships with other banks. So I left my ex-employer and looked for a job elsewhere. And February, May, May 6, 2019, I was able to rejoin the corporate world. But now things were totally different. <laughs> things were totally different for me. I knew why I was going back. So for mm. me, I said 30 months. I said, I'm giving myself 30 months. 
30 months, I should be able to correct my financial mistakes and I should be able to really, really launch my real estate investment career. And that's exactly what I did. And 30 months, I was able to achieve the goals that I have set for myself. So it was totally different now because now I was goal-driven. I knew why I was working. I knew why I needed that salary. And it did exactly what I wanted it to do for me. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That is incredible. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I Mm. definitely I will say this, like I do feel like it's amazing when I hear people that go who are able to go back into um, into the working world. Right. Because Mm. I think that's just that just shows, again, just the power of having corporate experience, because I'm just like, wow, that is amazing that you had that option. Mm. Um, And. I'm just really, really fascinated. So what were your goals? So now you walk in, mm-hmm. you were goal-driven, and you knew exactly why you were there and what you were yeah. working for. Yeah. What were you working for that you were able to achieve in, you said, 30 months, right? Yeah, 30 months. And why did you choose 30 months? Did you <laughs> sit down and calculate it? How did you come to that time figure, I guess? For me, 30 months was more like, okay, 30 months would be two and a half years because for me, it was more of an appealing figure. There's no science applied to it. I just said 30 months, <laughs> two and a half years, I have to be out because I hate working. That's, that's for me, two and a half years, that's enough for me. So <laughs> there was no science really applied to it. So the first thing that I had, the first goal for me was I'm going to try as much as possible to eliminate all the bad debt because yes, mm. I had a mortgage, a 1 million mortgage. And I also had personal loans, money, personal loans. And I would never tell you what I did with the money. You know, where you are comfortable wow. you're working in a, in a banking field and you can get, you can access loans anytime. So it was more like money that I used on lifestyle expenses. And for me, it was realizing that this is bad debt. So I need to get rid of it. So the first month, it was me working towards getting rid of this bad debt. And for that, I say, if I can get rid of this bad debt within 24 months, then I'll be super. Mm. And yeah. I, I changed my lifestyle drastically. Like when I rejoined, for me, the first thing was, I don't want to live in the city. So I just want to be able to take advantage of geographical arbitrage. I want to be in, maybe in a village where life is sort of like cheaper. So Mau mm. for me, it's not a city. It's more like a developing village. So I went back to Mau. Yeah, I went back to Mau. said, life is much cheaper here. I would rather live here. So I went there. I lived in Mau in a small house. And I changed my lifestyle. I moved from being this girl who was always like dressing in a certain way, following trends, spending a lot of money on clothing, on my look, like the hairstyle. So I changed. Even the look that I have right now where I went to for a ballad look, it was part of me trying to minimize my cost of living so I can mm-hmm. direct the money towards achieving my goals. So because of all these uh, little actions that I took, I was able to pay off like 340000 in 17 months. And after paying wow. off in 17 months, after paying off this debt, I had about 17,000 of money that I freed that's just, just by paying off debt. This is when Sorry, I Sorry, can you me. just go back backtrack, please, Kumar? Mm-hmm. 
How much yes. did you pay off in debt in how many Three, months? 340,000 in 17 wow. months. In 17 months. Wow. Mm. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so after um, paying off the debt, I, I love like, that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, can I just in, in, interject and say thank you for sharing that about the village? Because I don't like, I'm sure you know if you've been following me that I'm such a fan of villages globally. Because no. I feel like there's, um, we all rush to the city, but like mm-hmm. there's also such a thing as quality of life in the village, you know? Because mm-hmm. life is so much slower. Mm-hmm. There's like, your present moment can often be so rich, you know, because things are so much slower, but also what you've just shared here, which is that by changing your lifestyle, you were able to then change how much you saved. Whoo, thank you. That was awesome. (laughs) You're welcome. So after paying off this debt, I had like, 17,000 of money that I free. This is now when I say, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a time frame that I have, I have set for myself. I said, what can I do now with 17,000? What can I invest? Sorry, Kumar. Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify. You mean 17,000 pula a month. That's what you had a, a free, right? It wasn't yes, just like yes. 17,000 <laughs> per month from my salary. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, I, I looked, I'm in the village, I'm in my home village, and I'm like, there has to be something that I can do here. And it took me back to my varsity days where I was, yes, living in the city, but there were some surrounding villages around the city where we used to rent. And a one room or a lower end housing was something that I lived in. I lived in a one room house while I was still in varsity. And I said, you know what, Mau, a lot of people, we've got um, a lot of retailers there. And these people, they, they employ like huge numbers of people. So maybe this is my market. Why not look into the lower income market? Everybody else is looking at the middle class. Let me just look at something that I can do for the lower class. This is when I decided to say, I would rather invest in one rooms, like your one rooms, the group dwelling kind of structures. That's how I started my, my, my journey. I got a plot. It was 2,000 square, 2000 square meters. And I started with a single block. A single block had like three units. So for me, it was, let me test the market. What is there? I looked at what was available in the community. And I realized that, yes, there were some structures similar to what I wanted to build. But when it it came to the quality, it was sort of like compromised. And I said, let me just try to build something decent and and, and affordable to somebody who is in the low, low, low income bracket. So I said, I'm going to do something quite clean. I'm going to make sure that the house is tired. The walls are looking very clean, super clean. And I'm going to put ceiling, just make it um, nice. So that everybody who comes, they will be like, I want to live here. So that's what I did. Yeah, I built the first block with three units. And as I was building, because I strategically bought a plot um, not far away from a technical college. So it meant that Mm -hmm. my target market was like, the kids, the students who are going to the school, they're always looking for accommodation. So that community for me, I think it was a fair advantage. So I built, as I was building, 
they started coming. Like we're looking for accommodation. So I, I built my, my, my waiting list as I was building the first block. So as the first block was completed, I had tenants already there, ready to occupy the first block. Yeah. So that was the confirmation that I needed. What I had to do after it was just to duplicate, to repeat the same structures and put as many as I can in the same plot and build my wealth. Mm, that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So how much did you rent that out for? Do you mind uh, sharing uh, your building costs and how much your uh, rental income was? Okay. So this is what I did before I share those details. I had to sit okay. down and, 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 and calculate really how much I needed for me to say that I'm financially secure. So I came to a figure and that figure included my mortgage, being able to save this my mortgage and also being mm. able to pay my living expenses, my basic living expenses. So that figure came up to 16,000, meaning that I had my first target was just to achieve 16,000 rental income. Then that, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that will allow me to leave my job and continue being on this journey of building. So the first unit, uh, the acquisition of the plot, it was about 85,000 that I had to pay. Okay. Yes. And then the first block that I built, it cost, it was 72,000, everything, construction. Okay. Yeah. So, and the rental income that I got from there is 1,800. Uh, per unit? Per, no, per block. So each unit was 600 pula. Okay. Mm. Okay. So yeah, 600 times three. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I got. After building this block, I built the next block, three units again. That's another 1,800. I built them until I built like 12 units where I was receiving um, 7,200. After doing this 12 units, I was like, okay, let me look at diversifying a little bit. This is now when I moved from your standard, just one room house to studio apartments. So I started my first block of studio apartment with three units. And that one gave me a rental of 4,500. So now we are adding 4,500 to the 7.2. We're getting at 11,250. And also- Okay, remember- uh, Kuma, I'm going to ask you to just slow down just a little. You're dealing with okay. numbers. Yes. <laughs> you're dealing with numbers. So you just need to give us all a second to take it in. I love the excitement though. I'm sure okay. we're all equally as excited. Okay, so walk us through. So you get the first unit. Did yes. you get a loan just to give people an, a time to catch up with the numbers and breathe? We'll come back to those numbers. Did you get a loan to build or did you have savings? How did you go about doing the building? Because now you've just paid off your loan, right? Mm-hmm. You've yeah. just paid off 340000 uh, 340, pula in loans. Um, what did you do? Did you go get a loan to buy the land and to start building? No, I didn't get the loan. So okay, how did you do it? If I may take you um, backwards, um, yep. this plot, this plot, I acquired it in 20, I forgot to mention that. So this 2,000 square meters plot, I acquired it in 2013. Long time ago, oh. I acquired it and I just held it there, not doing anything with it. Yeah. Yes. So when I paid off the 340, remember I now had 17,000 
every month of free money. Yes. This is what I used to build. Because for me, it was like, if I have 17,000 every month, I can build every month I'm doing a stage. This month, Mm -hmm. I'm doing the foundation. Next month, I'm doing this until I complete the block. And then I move to the next block. Mm -hmm. And what I did is the 17,000. So when I finished the first block, remember, I have 1,800. So I'm adding this 1,800 to that 17,000. So it increases my amount to 18,800 I built. Yes. Yes. The next block is yes. When the next block is completed, that's another additional 1,800. I'm adding it to the 18,800. It's taking me now to 20,000 every month. So it's literally reducing the number of months that I'm taking to build with every addition of rental income that I'm getting. See, now this is really important information because... Mm -hmm. Most people are wondering if they should get, if they should do things loan or cash. And you've just told us how your one, there's been a few people on the podcast that have come through and talked about the value of doing everything cash. I'm a big cash person, right? Yeah. And um, so I love that we're having this conversation because you just told us that like, as the as you get more blocks, there's more cash coming in and you can yeah. use that cash to then help you grow quicker because yeah. the cash that you have from your job and the cash that you are making from the blocks of flats, they all added up for you to be able to build that much quicker. And everything that you're making from there is just pure revenue at this point, yeah. right? That's correct. Mm. That's correct. You know, I decided to go the cash route. You know, I had an opportunity to get a loan because remember, I'm back into the banking sector. But yes. I, was like, mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. This one, I have to do it from my pocket because I've named it my financial security project. So mm. I don't want, I was like, you know what? I would rather build what I can do with my own money to a level where I'm feeling like this project can now take care of me. And then after, Mm. that's when I can see now how I can tap into debt. And I say to myself, even if I tap into, I use debt, I want it to be like private money. I want it to be short debt, something that I can be in and out quickly. Mm. So that's until, yeah, because I've got numbers that I want to achieve. Until I've reached a certain number, that's when I can say maybe the next project, now I can use debt. But this particular one, I don't want debt. (laughs) This one, no, 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 Mm. I don't want debt. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Wow, that is amazing. That's I my really financial love. plan. That's my financial plan. <laughs> um, okay, so now let's go back to the numbers. Mm-hmm. Now that we know your strategy, tell us. So you start with the first unit. How long did it take you to build the first unit with the three rooms? And then the second unit, the third unit, and then for you to then go bigger. Okay. The first unit was really, yeah, it took the longest. It took about five months for me to build it. Mm, yes. And yeah. then, yeah, the second, the second unit, almost like close to five months as well, four and a half. And then yeah. thereafter, it was like three, yeah, three months, three months. 
because I built like one, two, three, four units. And then I changed the strategy to studio apartments, meaning that now I was, the construction cost was doubling because here it was about 72 to 75,000. That's a range. But now I was looking at like these three units, I was looking at eight, 180,000. But remember now I'm looking at 44,000. Now, as I was building, I'm now also building a blog. I'm sharing, I'm now also building many managers and I'm still employed. So whatever I'm doing, I'm sharing it on my blog, telling people, mm. you know, you can use your salary to build wealth. This is what I'm doing. As I'm building, I'm showing them every stage. I'm showing them how I'm managing my money. So that also is growing. And eventually it created another income stream for me because I was able to create products that were well received by the market. So mm. that actually helped me to build my first studio apartment because I, I was able to make lots of money, like, yeah, money. And I, I put the money into the blog, the, the mm. first blog of studio apartment. And that's how, oh, we, nice. that's what enabled me to leave my job because now I was like, okay, I've got rental income and then money managers is also generating income for me. I've got this product. I think I've got something. I've got this brand that I can build and I can also teach people that, you know, if you can change how you look at your salary, that understanding that your salary is not just there to cover, to feed you, to clothe you. Your salary is there to finance or fuel your dreams. Then people that look, that change, people change how they look at the salary. And mm -hmm. I mean, as I was sharing the, the story and then people are seeing progress. They see me every month I'm posting. This is what I did. I think it became more relatable and it really attracted a lot of people to the blog. I think now we have like the page, we've got like 72,000 followers. And it also, nice. yeah, it also helped me to start coaching. Now I'm coaching is another stream of income. I'm yeah. selling products. That's another stream of income. I'm going, corporates are calling me to come and speak to their employees. That's another stream of income. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's amazing. Sorry. So if you guys are hearing the back end of typing, it's just that I take notes. So when yeah. you guys see the full, the, all the descriptions of the podcast, I'm the author <laughs> who's <laughs> writing what the podcast is about. So I like to make notes so that when I do the descriptions, I can like write it all and it makes sense to everyone. Okay. Yeah. So, um, wow, Kumar. So that's amazing. So then I hear what I'm hearing you say is that, so as all this is happening, you're starting your blog. Then from the blog, you have your products, you have your services, you start coaching, you start, um, you start also speaking engagements, you start working with corporates. And from there, they start inviting you to certain, um, to certain events. So now you have all these multiple streams of income and you can take those streams of income and use them to keep building your real estate portfolio. That's correct. So, yeah. So then yeah. you a studio okay. unit, right? Oh, sorry. What did you want to say? 
No, I wanted to say that as I was building the blog, building the money managers brand, I also had to, to, to set up some principles for me because sometimes when you are generating a lot of income, you, you can end up like where you were before, where you are complacent and you're not doing anything. So I say to myself, you know what? Every income that gets here into my hands, 50% of it is going to go towards my real estate. That's it, non-negotiable. So when I receive money, the first 50%, I'm not even thinking about it. It goes towards real estate building. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Okay. So then uh, tell us more about your studio apartment. So you started this. So this is all on the same 2,000 square meter plot, right? Yes still on the okay. same property okay and so you decide on this particular property you're going to um build more units you've now got four units of the you've got four units each of them three are uh, one room units right mm. there's three one room units in each block and then yeah. you decided to do the studio apartments tell us a little bit about those how did you structure those and why did you decide to do those? Why did you decide to move away from the one room, um, from the one room apartments or one room units? Yeah, I think something very fortunate happened. My, my property, this 2,000 square meters plot is strategically located. So as I was finishing my last block, the fourth block of the one rooms, something happened. There was a development that came. It was a mall. Now a mall is being constructed not far away from my property. And I'm like, this is time for me to go back to the drawing board. Do I still want to target the students or I now want to target the working class, people who will be working in this mall? And I'm asking myself, who is going to be the anchor tenant? I'm realizing spa is going to be an anchor tenant here. And obviously I can look at spa. Yes, there's the lower ones and then there's the middle, the, the, the supervisors and then there's the middle ma management. And I was like, let me look at the supervisors because it's going to be multiple shops. It's the strip mall. It's going to be multiple shops with um, many supervisors across the, the thing. And these are people who... Well, these are people that are going to look for accommodation because this is job creation because as we invest in real estate jobs and real estate are tied together so it was like mm, let me change the strategy and as i was thinking about it i get this confirmation now from the real people they are coming to the property and i say we're looking for houses we're looking for accommodation i've been employed by a spa i'm looking for a place to live and i'm like wow this is the confirmation that i needed so before i started building I have a list of tenants like okay I'm like okay accommodation what kind of accommodation are you looking for like, okay I'm not looking for something big just something um, self-contained if it can have maybe um, the water system that's what I'm looking for that's what really took me to the studio apartments because the people were there now I'm asking them questions but in terms of rental how much are you looking at what's your ranges they tell me the ranges I was like wow, oh, so wow. I, now I'm building now I'm building for these people that's how I went into the studio apartments it's like okay I'm fine with 12 units of standard one rooms the entire 
or everything else that I'm going to do is now studio apartments because the rental is also better, 4,500. That's what I'm looking at. And I was like, and the market is there. And it also offered me the opportunity to diversify, mixing the students with the working class. So that's oh, how I the studio apartments, yeah. So you're saying that each studio apartment was renting at 4,500 a month? That's the block. So each unit oh, is the block. renting at 1,500. So oh. three, a block has got three units. So the total is 4,500. Oh, wow. So you ended up building four blocks. So I ended up, right now I'm on my journey of building the studio apartments. I built, I've completed, fully completed one block. It's fully tenanted. I'm into the second block of studio apartments. Where am I? I'm doing the internal finishes. Um, I think by the 1st of March, it will be tenanted. So there I'm looking at, because I've improved it a little bit. So I'll be moving the rental from the 1,350 to 1,500. So total, I'm looking at receiving 4,500. And this will be the sixth block in the entire property. And if I may count with the, the other blocks of one rooms. Yes, no, that's that's amazing. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get, yeah. right? So now you're currently uh, on the second block. How many blocks do you plan to build? Okay, studio apartments, I'm left with three blocks, three more blocks, which is nine units. Okay, so you're left with three blocks, which is nine units. Yeah. Um, wow, that's interesting. So when we had spoken, is this where you are interested in partnering with some with people that are interested in coming on board as a as potential investors for the remaining three blocks? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I engaged you for that because I was like, you know, I don't want to go into the banking finance because remember, I have said mm -hmm. what this property is my financial security. So I'm looking for short term funding, something that I can be in and out of because I know, you know, because I know money managers being the financial education business is generating mm -hmm. income, but sometimes that income is not coming as fast as I want it to be. So I yeah. just need bridging finance, something that I can use to complete these three remaining units. And already I know how much I need for that. I need about 540 to 600,000 to just cater in the escalation of construction costs. That's how much I need. And I can, yeah, 12 months or so, I can work hard and make sure that I pay it off and I'm, I've got my property. And then I will move to the next property. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll move to the next property. Yeah. So I guess um, I'm just going to ask what maybe some of our people listening in. So guys, if you are thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love to invest in something and I don't know what is next and everything, um, maybe talk to Kumu about this, right? It sounds, I really told her that when she was telling me, I was like, this sounds like a fascinating concept. But Mizo and I are currently dealing with some setbacks in the stock files. So we're just reconfiguring ourselves and making sure that we're getting the money back for that um, from all the developers that we have loaned money to. But this sounds like a very interesting project. Please tell us more, Kumwa, about how you envision this working 
how would people get involved? What is what would be the benefit of someone getting involved? For me right now, because everything for me is about educating myself in terms of everything that I want to do, I'm sort of like currently exploring or learning quite a lot about private money. And for me, it's like I'm not looking for equity partners. I'm looking for people who are saying, you know what, I've got this saving goal and I know that the returns that I'm getting either from my bank or from my money market account is very, very small. So I'm looking to get an enhanced return of some sort. These are the kind of people that I'm looking at and I'm saying and I say you know I'm willing to save money for 12 months and I'm looking for a better return therefore I'm saying I'm in a position where I'm also being able to want to help you to get better returns by also helping me because you give me your money I am able to push my property and we've got recourse the recourse is the same property that I'm building and also the cash flow is also there I'll be able to put the money aside making sure that when I when the time is due for me to pay you back, I pay you back. And I'm currently working on a on a note on a private lender program where I'm trying to work out the model of how I can really take out take it out there, looking at the different tenors that I can do. Obviously, looking at the cash flow because I don't want to put myself in a position where I don't have enough cash flow to pay people when they want back when they want their money back. So I just want to be able to help you and a better return and also help me to push my real estate investment career. Mm, that's awesome. That is that is incredible. Wow. So Akuma, you envision that like if someone comes on board right now as an investor, they would you'd have the three blocks of studio apartments built within a year. I am taking I have yes pretty much because right now we're left with how many months to the year? 10 months, <laughs> yes. 10 months, yes. And if the money is there, because I've already, I've been able to build relationship with contractors. I now have a very reliable contractor that I've been using to build this. So everything, once everything is there, it literally takes a shorter time to complete a block. Because for me, it's also like, I don't want to go all out and get the 600,000. I would rather get for one block, build it, complete it, have tenants moving in, and then I move to the next block because I don't want to put myself under a lot of pressure as well. So finish block, move to the next, finish block, move to the next. So the way I want to raise the funds is I want to raise the funding per block. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're making sure that you're not over committing yourself. Yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> Having gone through some financial difficulties, so you're always like cautious <laughs> within everything that you do because you don't want to go back there. You know, I personally, I genuinely love um, working with people that have been through financial difficulties because I've been through the ringer with finances, right? So when yeah. people are always like, Oh, your auntie did, your auntie credit card, your auntie this. I'm like, I've sat down and thought about why I came to this conclusion, you mm -hmm. know, and why yeah. I am operating like this. And I sat down and I compared the difference in using credit for some things, in using loans for some things, and in using cash. It's not mm -hmm. that I just came to this from whatever I've heard from others. And I feel like that's often the case when people have gone through 
hectic um, issues, especially with debt and finances, it teaches you to sit down and figure Mm. out what are you, what's your value system in this money game? You know, what is it that matters to you? What is it that you want to do differently? So I really, so that's why I'm like, no, this makes a lot of sense to me because I know where you're coming from. I think, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you've gone through it and I think and, and people are looking at you from a different perspective, they'll be like, why is she wasting her time? Because money is there, debt is there. And I'm like, you don't understand where I'm coming from right now. I don't have, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right now, I don't have a credit card because I'm like, you know what? I'd rather spend my own money. I'm not going to use anyone else's money. So I don't need a credit card because I don't want to create this illusion that I've got money while it's not my own money. So I don't own a credit card. I paid it off a long time ago and I said, you know what, I'm done with this. So for me is if I can go through this journey of really getting so good with my own money, then it's going to be an easy job for me, for other people to trust me with their own money because they would know that I have the experience, I have got the integrity and also the tactic. I know what I'm doing, so which is why I'm building everything slow so that if I make mistakes, I make mistakes with just one block and then I correct. So by the time I get into bigger projects, I've made a lot of mistakes and I know what to do and I've put in systems in place of what I'm doing. Mm. So in that way, I don't need to do a lot of convincing because people will see the track record. If if I mean if she can use her own money to build this, what mm. it, it speaks a lot about you as a person as well. And people are more likely to trust you. And for me it's it, that's that's really where, where I want to be, to be trusted with money. Yes, yes. Yeah. I love that a lot. Hey, I think mm. it's really, really good. So I have one last question before we move on to the next segment of the show. I wanted to ask you, who is in your tribe? You're over there in the village. Um, Who is in your tribe as you're doing this? You've talked about the contractor. Mm -hmm. Who else do you have that is helping you build this? And I think this is important as someone is trying to decide if they're going to come on board and be one of the investors for this project. Okay. So first of all, which is very important, when I started this journey, I've said, you know what, I'm not the first person to try to walk through this journey. Why not look up to people who have done it before and they've done it successfully? So that led me to having a mentor. So I have a mentor in the same region, in the same location. This is somebody who's already investing in real estate. Like the, the net worth is like big. They're into hotels also and residential, commercial. And I've started having those conversations with them. I'm like, I want to do what you're doing. Where do I start? And they've sort of like helped me, my thinking, even in terms of what I need to do, the stage. So they're really like literally hand-holding me throughout the journey. And what I appreciate a lot about my mentor is that, you know, he, he, he's the kind of person who believes that, you know, don't limit yourself. Don't ever limit yourself. 
when I started this journey, nobody knew that a, a, a mere person like me would own a hotel with over 140 rooms. So look at where I am. And also don't rush it. He's like, he's the, he, he believes in the process. Allow yourself to yeah. go through the process because who you are becoming throughout the process is very important. This is why I'm taking everything one step at a time because I'm allowing myself to go through the process so that when I have conversations with other people, they can also realize that this is not just a one night thing. You have to be willing to go through the process because it shapes mm. the person that you are. So I've got a mentor and I've got, yes, my contractors. Then I've got sort of like a legal person who I'm always referring to when I want somebody to help me with a legal eye. I have that. And also most important for me is my money managers community because in there, me being able to share what I'm doing, it helped me. I have a lot of accountability partners wherein mm. on a daily basis, I'll get receive maybe an SMS or text somebody asking me how far are you with the with the project what are you doing you take me through that so it's me now a lot of people holding me accountable even the the one person who referred me to you we've met through yes. my blog yes and we've built a relationship that is now sisterhood and I look up to her we look up to each other we we, we bounce nose off each other and it's like you know and I've got a lot of those and I've got now other people who are coming to me, they want me to coach them. But when I started this, I wasn't even looking at into the perspective of being a coach. Now I've got people say, we want to do what you are doing. Please, coach us. Now I'm coaching also. So mm. this my tribe. And also most important, my family. I think my, my mom. Because for me, my mom has always been my biggest inspiration. She's mm. somebody who is like, not really been through the schooling system, I think like the lower end there, but I've seen her managing her money so well to a point where she did something similar. She was running a tax shop, I've seen her um, selling fat cakes, and I've seen her taking this money from the tax shop. You think it's more money, taking the money from the fat cakes and being able to build real estate, something, and now yeah. she's she's receiving rental income she's comfortable she's more like somebody who's working and I was like really I've seen it happening and I've seen my mother like building every unit like where we would do the bricks and I'll be watering the bricks <laughs> every stage of the way so that's where I really wow. my inspiration to say I'm so grateful that I've seen my mother going through this and even though it's not on a big scale but it helped me to look at things differently I love it. I love this so much. Thank you for sharing all that. And I love that your tribe is not just, it's so very diverse. It's not just people that are just in real estate. Like you're also telling us who are the people that hold you down in life's trials and tribulations? Because I think that becomes the most important thing. I think if I've learned anything, especially in the real estate market the last few months, is that it's not, it's when things happen, you need to have people, it's not just what is happening in the industry that is the thing that's going to shake you. It's that if you don't have a tribe that can hold you during the personal struggles and the trials and tribulations, during when things are happening that rock you internally, because all those things that are happening in business rock us internally. 
then you're going to always be shaken. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you are welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think we're ready for the next segment of the show. Um, let's move on to the next segment. Okay, bring it on. <laughs> on to the next segment of our show. Magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Hmm, welcome to Magical Feedback. So this is the part of the show where we give our three takeaways from the podcast and from the interview. Usually I have my co-host Mizo with me, so I'm so missing her because we love to bounce off ideas and takeaways from each other. So my first takeaway, though, is how Kumo in 2019 as she was uh, done with the court case in February 2019, she had this aha moment that, wow, the reason why I am now going to court in um, and why I'm in the situation that I'm in with debt is because I didn't have a plan of what to do with my salary and I didn't plan to quit my job. You know, as I've said, I'm not, I haven't really had a proper stable job before, but what I love about this is that we can all resonate with just going with the flow, which I love and that's what I teach, but also the importance of having a plan in place. So when you find yourself in a job and then you go back uh, or you're at your workplace and you have a plan as to why am I in this place and what are my goals and how can being in this corporate environment help me achieve my goals. So I love how in 2019, she then decided in February, okay, the reason why I got to this place with the settlement agreement is that I didn't have a plan. What if I go back to the corporate space and now I go back with a plan. What will that look like? What if I go back with a goal in mind and I work towards that goal? And I found that absolutely incredible. I resonated with that because it's something I did when I got a part-time job. So yeah, not like can't really tell you much about full-time jobs, right? But I got a part-time job when I was heavily in debt and I went into, I I worked for 18 months and my aim with that part-time job was to use my salary to help me stay alive as I built my business and I used all the money from my business to be able to pay all my uh, debt off. So that was really, really important. And I really, really love that uh, she mentioned that, that she went in with a plan. And then my second takeaway, I cannot not make this a takeaway, right, was how she decided to change her lifestyle drastically. Um, I mean, for me, the drastic change <laughs> is her moving back to the village, right? On the surface, it looks like 
she was um, just moving to the village. But look at all that she achieved once she got to the village, when she really followed her instinct to say, let me go back to work, but let me live in the village. She found the opportunities that she was looking for, well, that she hadn't even anticipated. I can't say that she was looking for those opportunities, opportunities that she hadn't even anticipated waiting for her in the village. And this made me think, as I was listening to her story, it made me think, you know, sometimes we think that something is like a no or something that cuts our path short is a thing that cuts our path short but really sometimes what it is is a redirection to something even better than we could have imagined and her going back to the village literally turned out to be that because she found the opportunities that she was looking for in the village but not only that changing her lifestyle and going back to the village she was able to pay back 340,000 bula in debt in 17 months because life is so much cheaper in the village right so just what she was able to achieve in 17 months is absolutely incredible and that left her with so much free oh that left her with 17,000 uh pula free every month and she could then use that money to help her build um her first uh her first block of rooms right so that i think was really really powerful so how every and my takeaway from that isn't just that she moved back to the village and she changed her lifestyle and that like everything is a redirection but that just the power of every situation can actually lead to a whole new opportunity that we had never even anticipated. So sometimes we think that the situation is going to bury us, but actually the situation is where we are being planted and it's where we're going to bloom. So I really, really love that, right? And then my third takeaway is just my favorite thing on this podcast, which you guys have probably heard me talk about often, which is her using cash to build her portfolio. And one of the things that she spoke about, which is that it's okay for things to take a little longer and for her to take her time learning how to get things done, even if it's slower and it's not happening at a quick pace. I think that is just so, so important because we live in a world where we feel like things need to happen this red hot minute, right? But she's telling us that it's okay. She wants to take her time and she's using cash and she's going to learn and she's going to um, get all her mentoring from her mentor. But it's just going to learn in the process and she's going to use her own money and she's doing it her own way. I think for me, that is my biggest takeaway that it doesn't have to happen this red hot minute and every single thing, every single amount of money that she's going to be making from this project is going to be money, is going to be straight revenue, right? Apart from whatever she owes to a private lender, she's going to have as revenue and 
within a year or so she's going to have complete financial freedom she's determined that she needs 16,000 bula per month to be financially free and she has been doing it at a pace that works for her and she's seeing that when she uses cash it actually it does take a little longer to start up but over time there's a compounding effect because she just keeps using cash and every bit of money that comes in is revenue and she can take all that revenue and reinvest it in the business. So yeah, uh, I would love to hear what you guys take away is from this. Share in the comment section with us, especially on uh, Podbean if you're listening to Podbean. But without further ado, we will be moving on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Hey, property magicians. So we're on the next segment of the show, which is the journey to magical expansion. This is the part of the journey where we ask all our guests the same questions. So Kumar, tell me what book changed your life? Okay, I think I've mentioned it when we started, really, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I read that book in 2008, and I decided there and there that, you know what, I want to do what this man is doing. I want to be an educator, financial educator, and I want to get into real estate. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay, so what keeps you inspired? I've, I've said that it really is my mom. <laughs> my mom mm. keeps me inspired and humbled. I sometimes look at her and I think she's the most intelligent person I've ever met <laughs> because she's so smart. <sighs> yeah, 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 I, I think so. She's so street smart. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, I mean, if my mom can start from nothing, start from being a shop assistant in a very small village, to where she's now earning like a 6,000 salary from her rental units. That's been smart. I mean, that's been smart. That is. That has been smart. And I'm always looking at her. She's doing this. Just this year, she shocked me again. I went to the village and I found that, you know, when I got there, there were some bricks in the yard. And I'm like, where where, where are you getting these bricks from? I'm like, okay, I've joined this certain motel. We call it motel here in Botswana, Stockville. I've joined the Stockville and in our Stockville, we're buying each other bricks because I want to build again. I'm like, oh, this lady never stops. (laughs) It's so (laughs) Really. That's the education that I really need. And I'm always saying to my siblings, Mm. you know, if we don't learn anything from our own mother, I think, I, I don't think we'd ever learn from anyone else because she's done so much with very little. Yes, yes. That's, that's super powerful. I love that. Yeah. And I love how often on this podcast, people come and they go, I, I learn from my parents, you know, from their money habits. So we see that like people learn good habits and bad habits just by observing, right? You observed your mother. She didn't have to preach to you just by observing what she was doing. You Mm. picked everything up. So what do you wish you had known or done before embarking on your property investment journey? I feel like you kind of told us this, but go for it again. (sighs) 
Yeah, I wish, the one thing that I really wish I never did was building a big house. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought, I, yeah, I think that should be the last thing, really. I think the first thing should be let me focus on building rental income because I'm investing for cash flow. Let me focus mm. on building cash flow to a point where it can build my own dream house. So, yeah, I, yeah that's, the, that's the biggest regret that I do have because even right now, I still have this mortgage. It's a big mortgage. And then I've said, mm. okay, let me not worry too much about it focus on building and then when I get to a certain level I'll now start paying extra towards the mortgage because I think it's now left to where I'm 13 years and I'm planning to cut it maybe to 70 years or so but we'll see as in when I'm building my my rental income my cash flow Mm, mm. I think think it happens to everyone right it's that Mm. dream car dream house that's it right you can't escape it because you look around and everybody's being a tour, like celebrities put, uh, take you around tours on TV shows on their, on their mm-hmm. dream houses and the houses that they live in and all that. Mm-hmm. And every, every one of us is like, oh my gosh, we want that. But yeah. I always say to people, now that has all changed, I feel. We don't have to feel pressured because you've got Airbnb. So if you really, really want to have that experience, you can go literally live in an Airbnb for like three, four months and have that experience and then move on. At least that's what I do. But Mm -hmm. I know that's not always feasible for most people, but I feel like that's also for those that it's um, feasible for, that's an option. You don't have to go buy the house and just be fitted to that huge loan when you're not yet ready. Mm, That's true. That's yeah. very true. This, yeah, focus on cash flow first. Build it to yeah. a point where you can literally build your dream house. <laughs> yeah. So what else do you still think you need to learn in property? I think there's, there's just a lot really for me that I have to learn because I'm that kind of a person where every day when I wake up, I'm telling myself, you know, I'm starting afresh. I'm starting like with an mm. empty mind and I'm saying, I I want to learn as much as I can. So today I know nothing. I'm going to try to absorb whatever I can. Right now I've said I'm learning about private finances. So that's really something that I want to really get good at. And then once I've achieved my rental, my set by medium term goals, I'm like, okay, now I need to go big and I need to be learning about commercial real properties because I, I've got, you know, I want to be a billionaire. I just want to be a billionaire. <laughs> I just want to be a billionaire. And I know that for me, yeah, for me to do that, I've said I'm going to have to have a mixture of real estate. Yes, I've started with residential lower mm. end, but I have a plan to move into maybe uh, middle and then after middle income, I'll move into commercial properties. I still have a long way to go and I still have a lot to learn. Mm, mm, interesting I love that so what resources do you want to share today if you have a resource please maybe uh, instead of sharing a resource share your blog with us how do we go to your blog and check it out what's the blog URL 
Okay. My blog, I'm currently, I'm very selective also in terms of where I am because I've realized that I cannot be all over because I'm not kind of like so much of a social media person. So my blog is just on Facebook. It's a Facebook page. It's called Money Managers. That's where really I share my financial content. And then I also have a YouTube channel. It's called Kumonawa. That's where I also share my content. I've tried Instagram and I've realized it's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sort of like lagging behind in terms of updating, doing what. So really, I prefer this Facebook and YouTube. Those are really Mm. good for me. And also, I do, yeah, I do also follow um other people in the same field whoever is doing financial education like i've said i've been following your page for quite some time now i'm even receiving your newsletter so mm-hmm. i also look do like uh, the bigger pockets podcast i do yes. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah i do quite a lot um listen to it and then i in terms of the one book like the really that i loved that really helped me to shape or to put everything into perspective in terms of planning because i, I believe in putting things on paper writing so yes. So is this The Real Estate Millionaire by, is it Boaz Gilad and Susan Gilad? So when I read the book, it was like there was somewhere there in the book where they were talking about creating your five-year plan, your five-year dream, where it forced me to think like they had questions like what, what is your ideal future? And I sort of like had to define it precisely define my ideal future and then I had to ask myself how much money do I need to achieve for me to live my dream life so it sort of like forced me to look at my finances and to break everything down to say what is my cost of living how much do I need to really survive or to really live this kind of a lifestyle that I want so I put a figure to it and then I'm asked myself how much real estate do I need to build for me to get to that figure so those are sort of like the steps that I took to inform my next moves where I go and where I do not go so I really really loved that because it was sort of like very simple and straightforward it helped me to narrow my thinking and to create a plan that can work for me Mm, I genuinely love that I'm a big believer in that just in general in terms of uh, business I'm a big believer in having a strategy of sorts and then also mixing Mm -hmm. a bunch of magic with it. (laughs) Yeah. So um, what is your, uh, how do people get hold of you? Sorry, I was going to say, what are your contact details? But yeah, how do people get hold of you? So one of the reasons that you came on the podcast was so that you could also um, get investors, right, for your for the project. Is yes. there any other intention why you came on the podcast and how do people get hold of you if they are interested in investing in the studio apartments? Okay. The first intention really for me to agree to get on the podcast is learning. You know, I I like learning from other people. I believe that every interaction that I make is an opportunity to learn. So for me, it was, I'm going to go onto the podcast. The intention, first intention is to interact and learn 
take as much value as I can because I don't know nothing. I know nothing. That's why I always say, I literally, I'm just zero mind here, nothing. So the more I interact with a lot of people, the more I learn and I can hear how they're doing it in this market, what I can pick and what I can implement. So in terms of raising the funding, that will be a cherry on top. Because for me, now I know you. Now I've interacted with you. So when somebody say, Vangile, I know I've interacted with this person. It's been like, okay, she's in my cycle as well. So she's in my network. So she's in my network as well. So for me, it's all about that because also I think it's also become of the, because of the background of relationship management, I've come to appreciate mm. the importance of building relationships. And for me, now my mantra is that, you know, businesses are not built on transactions but on relationships if i can have the right relationships really nothing is impossible mm. yes so oh thank you for that kumar how do people get hold of you okay my number is okay the botswana code plus 267 the number is 7335893 oh, Oh, please, can you start again? Is this for WhatsApp? Okay, this number is, is everything, really. WhatsApp, everything. That's the number that I use. That just use only one number. Okay, and yeah. what is your... what? Uh, please tell us the country code again. Plus 267. Plus 267. 7-3. 7-3. 3-5. 3-5. Eight nine, eight nine, three three, three three. Thank yes. you so much, Kumar. This yes. has been such a pleasure. This is um. <laughs> so thank you so much, Property Magicians, for joining us. I was telling Kumar that she's our first guest of 2023, and this has just been like a perfect episode. So thank you. We will see you again in the next episode. Have a fantastic day further and thank you once more, Kumar, for joining us for this episode. Thank you very much for having me, for inviting me. I really felt so honored and I really enjoyed my interactions with you. Super. Oh, same. And without further ado, Property Magicians, let us know your thoughts. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Let us know what you think and don't forget to uh, rate us on Apple as well. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best life. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magician.
Chance podcast, and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.